I will call roll starting with Council President Kritzer. Here. Council Vice President Forsyth. Here. Council Member Anderson. Here. Council Member Fields. Here. Council Member Nueva Camina. Here. Council Member Salahuddin. Here. And Council Member Stewart. Here. The first item on the agenda is a presentation by Move Redmond. And Ms. Kelly Reefer will join us at the podium. sharing your screen. Is this mic on? Okay. Hello. Thank you so much for the opportunity to present to council and the mayor and the city as a nice uh, crowd as well. My name is Kelly Reefer. I'm the executive director of Move Redmond, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our organization and the work that we do. Move Redmond is a 501c4 nonprofit organization, and our mission is to achieve a more accessible and inclusive Redmond through its streets, trails, and transits. Our vision is that Redmond will be a more livable community by investing in walking, biking, and transit initiatives that enable people to get where they need to go without a car. We do this through an intersectional approach by focusing on collaboration, equity, sustainability, policy, and funding. We root all of our work in our core values of collaboration, safety, anti-racism, and sustainability. We are a transportation management association, which means that our organization, which was formerly known as the Greater Redmond Transportation Management Association, which we lovingly used to refer to as GERTMA, um, and now we are Move Redmond, it came to be as a result of Washington State's commute trip reduction law. This is a law that was enacted to reduce congestion and improve air quality by reducing the number of folks who drive alone to large employers. We are a membership organization, and our members are made up primarily of large uh, employers who are either commute trip affected or um, impacted by the transportation management program uh, requirement through the city of Redmond. So it's usually if you're CTR or TMP affected, you end up being a member of Move Redmond. And then we provide our members with a lot of resources. We do consulting on how to um, Im improve their transportation plans. We host trainings and events. We also do a lot of networking and support for uh, employee transportation coordinators. In 2019, our board of directors realized that if we were going to reduce drive-alone rates, it was imperative to ensure people had viable options to not drive alone, and that we needed to be advocating for improvements to our transportation infrastructure to make it safer for people to walk and bike and make sure they had accessible transit options. And we have taken advocacy to be a critical component of our organization, and we prioritize uh, street safety as well as ensuring we have reliable transportation options. A few examples of our advocacy is writing support letters for funding. Just last week, we supported East Trail funding um, 
to get additional money from the raise grant to support building a section of the East Trail. Another example is our advocacy that we did on the East Link starter line. We really gathered supporters, shared stories, and um, had folks testify in support of uh, Sound Transit starting the line from South Bellevue Station to Redmond Technology Station. And that was a really successful effort of lots of folks working together. And we're going to talk more about that in some later slides. We also do events like hosting policy rides, uh, bike rides, and walks to take elected officials, decision makers, and community members out on the streets to show them the impact of these kind of improvements. One of our key objectives is safer streets. We know that when we prioritize the safety of our most vulnerable road users, that's people who walk, people who bike, people in um, uh, wheelchairs or low vision, if we prioritize their safety, we have better safe, uh, safety outcomes for all road users, including those who drive. So we wanna ensure that as we're looking for transportation planning and projects that we're prioritizing the safety. And that um, comes out in things like supporting Vision Zero and the belief that no one should uh, die or be seriously injured getting where they need to go. Our other objective, this is kind of our big focus, is ensuring that people have lots of transportation options. And that includes ensuring they have access to things like light rail and um, van pool and uh, walkable streets and protected bike lanes. And so we work to make sure that all of those options are available to folks in and around Redmond. Our third piece is really about supporting individuals in their transportation habits. So sometimes it takes a little bit of one-on-one -on -one hand holding to get somebody to shift their habit and set their car keys aside and grab their Orca Pass and hop on light rail. And we do a lot of that work through our programming, which I'm gonna talk about next. One program that we have is our bike classes. We know that not everybody learned how to ride a bike. And so we are holding subsidized bike classes. We do this annually. And last year we had folks as old, or um, not all kids, but you know, children as young as eight and adults in their late 50s coming in and learning how to ride a bike for the first time. And then we also have a, another class to help folks if you've got a bike stashed in your garage but don't really know, you know how to comfortably bike for transportation, we have an on-bike class to help you do that too. And those are actually coming up and we have learn to ride classes on March 9th and 16th, as well as a level up your bike skills on April 13th and 20th. These are highly subsidized. They are only $10 to participate and we try to make them as accessible and inclusive to folks as possible. We also have bike maintenance classes that are free that we do with Redmond Public Library. Those fill up really fast and will be opening up in May. Our organization hosts an Open Street Festival. This is a big public community engaging event. We have hosted one in downtown Redmond. This will be our fourth year doing it on 161st and Cleveland Street. And this year we're really excited to announce a second event in Overlake on Saturday, June 22nd. Uh, this is an incredible opportunity to show the power of pedestrianizing our streets and celebrating walking and biking in transit. So we really hope to see you on Saturday, June 22nd in Overlake, right in front of the new Astera Park on Calder Street and in downtown Redmond on Saturday, August 17th. 
We also do walk and talks. This is an opportunity to pull uh, elected leaders, decision makers, and public folks out for a nice walk. This is a great opportunity to highlight some of the transit improvements that have been made. This last walk and talk we did in September really highlighted some of the routes to rails improvements that the city of Redmond did, as well as opportunities for improvement where there could be some safer, uh, safer crossings. And this really has a pedestrian safety focus. 2024, we have a few key priorities. Our number one biggest priority is really promoting and encouraging the sustained ridership of the two-line light rail. The light rail is going to be opening on Saturday, uh, April 27th, and we're really excited at Move Redmond to be activating the Overlake Village Station. There's going to be lots of fun activities and lots of wonderful information. We also want to support access to light rail for folks who walk and bike and take the bus. We're developing a station access map that's going to be a really nice pocket-sized uh, map that features how to get to all of the eight stations opening up in 2024 by walking and biking and transferring from the bus. Um, so that'll be a really great resource. We'll be handing that out on opening day, and we'll be delivering it to our member organizations, businesses, and community partners throughout the next few months. We are also really prioritizing pedestrian safety. We know there's a lot of big, important planning processes going on, including Redmond 2050 and transportation master plan updates. And we want to ensure pedestrian safety is uh, front and center in those planning efforts. And finally, we believe that there's a lot of power in personal stories. And we know that transportation impacts every single person. And we want to gather and collect and share the stories of how improvements to our transportation system enhance access to opportunity for everyone. And that is my presentation, and I'm open for any questions if anyone has any. Thank you so much. Are there any questions from the council? Councilmember Stewart. Thank you so much, Ms. Reefer, for the presentation. Always nice to see you and hear about your priorities for the coming year. I was really encouraged to hear that you're not only involved in um, the opening of the light rail that's coming and advocating and helping folks find their way to it, um, but that you're also hosting uh, in June an Open Streets Festival in our Overlake Metro Center, which is going to be um, the a hub of our community. So these first two big events that we have coming up related to the transit-oriented housing and, and development that we have there, both your festival in June um, and as well as the, the light rail opening in April. Um, I would just, or the council was discussing earlier tonight how much enthusiasm we have for engagement opportunities. And when I think of Overlake, I think of a lot of new residents to Redmond who haven't yet met their local government. So I just really eagerly look for an opportunity to partner with you to be, to be physically present at these things and make sure that as folks are learning how to use these critical resources and reduce trips overall and reduce vehicle miles traveled and all these other things, they're also um, able to meet their local government as they go along. This is really exciting and I'm glad to be in partnership with you. Thank yes, you. Thank you so much. Councilmember Salahuddin. Thank you so much for the presentation and I always love the work that, that you've done um, in Redmond and across our community. Uh, I would love for, I mean, we have a packed room, uh, council that uh, I'm not sure when the last time you presented was, um, but would love a quick introduction from your team because I know that uh, there's a, a lot of work that's done behind the scenes and just really quickly would love to introduce you to, to everyone. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that reminder. Um, we are a small but mighty team of three, and we have uh, Michael Leach, who is our membership and development manager, and we have Maritza Loriano, who is our community and communications manager. Thank you. Any other questions? Council President. Um, I just wanted to say really appreciate the presentation and the work that you all do. I think um, you mentioned about the walk and talks and I think those are, are really exciting in addition to the education classes because uh, you know bringing people along um, to be able to use all different types of transportation, learning about their neighborhoods um, is really important. But then also with the walk and talks I found when I joined some of them is just being able to hear people's feedback about their neighborhoods and how we can make them better and easier to get around is so important. Important. Um, and I think those just foster really rich conversations. So uh, commend you for that work and, and look forward to seeing more of it. Make sure to invite us. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other questions tonight? I'll say none. Well, thank you again, um, Kelly and team, um, for all the work you do. And thank you so much for supporting the two line opening. Looking forward to seeing you there. Yes, thank you so much. The next item on the, whoops, I forgot one thing. Council President, do you have a motion for about the agenda? Yes, I move to amend the agenda um, to move uh, new business to item number four. Um, so that would be following the consent agenda. Second. Is there a, a second? Second. Second by uh, Council Vice President. Is there any conversation on this? Any comment? Uh, Council, Council President, would you like to speak to this? Sure, yes, I, I, I just, I'm moving this earlier, um, so it'll just be, the only things that, that will follow will be um, ombuds and committee reports. I know there are some people here who are really interested in this item, and since we will have a, a longer public comment, I just wanted to make sure for both those coming to listen as well as our staff who will present on the new business item that we can do it a little sooner. Thanks. Thank Councilmember Fields, did you have a comment? That was my, going to be my comment and my question, why? So, thank you. Any other comment on this item? Seeing none, this is a, um, um, actually we can just do a voice vote. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? And that passes 7-0, thank you. The next item on the agenda is items from the audience. I have the sign-in sheet for members of the public to speak tonight. When I read your name, you will come up to the podium and have three minutes to address the council. Council members generally will not respond to comments or questions directly at the meeting. Members of the public are welcome to email the council anytime at mayorcouncil at redmond.gov. The views stated by members of the public do not represent the opinion of the city of Redmond. And as a reminder, RCW 42 dot 17a dot 555 prohibits any public comment during the council meeting in support or opposition of ballot propositions measures or candidates and after um, our in-person people we also have three online as well so um, usually what I do is I call the first four names and I'll just keep rolling so hopefully you'll kind of know who you're coming after because we have a lot of people who would like to speak and I want to keep things moving so um, first up is Guillermo Rivera then Hank Myers then Al Rosenthal, then Kelly Reefer. Yep. Thank you, Mayor and members of the Council. My name is Guillermo Rivera with Eastside for All. Eastside for All is a racial equity and social justice organization based in East King County. We bring forward input from communities 
that they are underrepresented on councils and another decision-making bodies. It's time to hear from everyone that is part of our communities. I'm here to thank you for the step that you took last week to seize the opportunity to create more affordable housing in Redmond. I support the city working with the community to find the best approach to fit these developments in the city. Every week, someone contacts me seeking for support of orientation because in the following days, weeks, or months, they could become left on house. Permanent supporting housing like this is proving to be one of the most effective interventions to stabilize the life of those who experience on house or possible become on house. This is only one piece of the puzzle to resolve the bigger problem that we have in housing in the area. The development of more than 100 units of permanent supported housing will create the city of Redmond as leaders in the area in the fight for, for, housing, for the big housing crisis that we have. I appreciate your time, and I know that you have a lot of people to listen, so I will keep it short. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for the work that you do. Next is Hank Myers. I, I know that the, the audience might want to respond, but we really try to keep it quiet in here to keep things moving. So I appreciate the applause at different times, but we'd rather, rather just keep things moving along with the commentary. Next is Hank Myers, then Al Rosenthal, then Kelly Refer, then Di Diana Hyde. Before I start, um, I found some papers in a manila envelope in the parking lot addressed to council, so I'm circulating for your attention. First, uh, the community center. In 2019, according to industry cost estimation manuals, the bid cost for the senior center was 30% above industry standards. Not the first time for Redmond. Our downtown park cost $43 million for one acre. Bellevue spent $43 million to build a 10-acre downtown park. Five years ago, the 69,000-square-foot Sammamish Aquatic Center was built for $33 million. Sounds like nobody is working really hard to protect our taxpayers. Now we have a last-minute demand for $3.7 million more. Obviously not from changes authorized by the council, the administration has treated you like mushrooms, springing item after item on you with no real notice or explanation. It's time for council leadership to stand up to this practice. If you simply agree to every last minute or emergency request, you become mere rubber stamps. Second topic, carbon footprint. I'm happy to see the city has updated its carbon footprint dashboard for 2022. It shows a reduction of two-thirds if this is true, we can declare victory. Paris Accord commitments met, we can go home. But if you drill down, all listed inputs, as such as municipal energy use and municipal electricity use, are unchanged. Municipal gas therms are up 10%. ICLE does not verify the inputs or do independent uh, investigation. It just takes the numbers the administration provides. What is not shown is the footprint of the employee commute, the single biggest contributor. In 2020, during COVID, a city hall was closed and employee parking lots empty. By 2022, it was open full hours and employee parking at capacity. I hope council leadership will determine how the total carbon footprint can go down by two thirds while all the major uh, inputs remain unchanged or up dramatically. Uh, finally, last week, 
the city council did a terrible job of communicating what is, it is doing relative to the proposed low-income uh, housing on Cleveland Street. Lack of transparency leads to wild, even malicious speculation. Personally, I think high barrier permanent housing for elderly or disabled might be fine. But we'll leave it to subsequent speakers to express their own views, even if uninformed or malevolent. You reap what you sow. You may not like, you may, you may not mind being treated like mushrooms, but your constituents do. And I had brought um, seven packages of mushrooms for you guys, but I was told that that was inappropriate. So I'll give them to Dr. Morton, who will do wonderful things with them. Thank you. Next is Al Rosenthal, then Kelly Reefer, then Diana Hyde, then Dan Landis. Thank you for letting me speak. My name is Al Rosenthal. I'm a downtown commercial property owner, and I was a member of the 2015 Redmond Homeless Task Force. Why are you going to allow a 100-unit low-barrier apartment building run by Plymouth Housing in downtown Redmond for the homeless where you're allowed to use hard drugs in the apartments, a.k.a. low-barrier? That's what low-barrier means. I sent you an email from 2016 on the crime committed by the 18-bed Redmond Homeless Landing Shelter that moved to Kirkton last year. The rank-and-file Redmond officers were happy to see it leave. In 2016, email, in the, in the 2016 email, you will see documentation of the crime that the residents of the 18-bed landing shelter committed in its first three years. Two murders, one tasing stabbing. RPD officer Dave Sowers, was, who was in charge of the homeless, had a restraining order against one of the residents. We could not come within a thousand feet of Dave or the Redmond Police Station. Based on its size, the 100-unit homeless apartment building where you can do hard drugs, a.k.a. a low barrier, has the potential to do five times the crime as the landing shelter. And unlike the landing shelter, it will never leave. If the residents commit ten murders instead of just two, like the landing residents, is that acceptable? If you insist on giving away a $7 million piece of land that is owned by the residents of Redmond to, the Plymouth, to Plymouth Housing, do not give it away. Give a ground lease for $1 per month like you did with the city land that the low-income senior housing has across the street from the Redmond Library. Without a ground lease, with a ground lease, you do not have to worry about liability. A large percent of properties leased by standalone fast food restaurants are ground leased. In a ground lease, the leasee takes all responsibility and protects the lesser. I own property that is a ground lease and I have no fear of liability. Using a ground lease, the city can forbid drug use on the premises, and unlike if you give the property away, if the lease is violated, the city can take possession of the property, including the building. Permanent, home, permanent homeless apartments where drugs are permitted, a.k.a. low barrier, are a bad idea. They lost their jobs and housing when they became drug addicts. Giving them housing where they are allowed to do drugs will not get them off drugs. It would just give them a slow death and increased crime in Redmond. We have a homeless crisis that is driven by a drug problem. Voluntary treatment has been tried and has not worked. The problem is only getting worse. Stop supporting drug abuse. In 1999, there were 19,000 drug overdose deaths in the United States. In 2021, there were 120-something thousand drug overdose deaths. Unlike COVID, which was overcounted, drug deaths are undercounted because many more die from either violence, from health problems caused by the drugs. This drug problem is serious, and you're not stopping it. Uh, next, 
as I, I understand people want to clap, but it, I really would like you to not do that so we can get through everyone having enough time. Uh, next, we have Kelly Reefer, then Diana Hyde, then Dan Landis, then Connie Baring Gould. Hi. <clears throat> Hello. Um, this is an opportunity to show what happens when Move Redmond puts on our advocacy hat. Um, so we are here to support the Plymouth uh, Permanent Supportive Housing Project. Housing and transportation are intimately linked, and there is a huge housing crisis within our region. And our homelessness crisis is largely driven by a very high cost to housing. Nine out of 10 of the people who work in Redmond do not live here. They're commuting from around the region. We're an incredible job center in Redmond, but there's a lot of folks who cannot afford to work here and live here, especially if they're working a job like at a coffee shop that is a lower paying job. We need to have housing that supports people of all incomes and create a supportive community. Transportation is typically the second highest household expense, uh, specifically in the Puget Sound region. And when we create low income and permanent supportive housing near transit and near the necessities like access to the grocery store and the post office, it allows folks to eliminate a lot of the transportation expenses and free up their income. It is also critical um, to support the, the residents there with the wraparound services included in housing. And if someone is unhoused and homeless, when they have a home, they are housed. So it, it really solves that fundamental problem. I applaud Redmond for prioritizing the needs of affordable housing and taking um, this opportunity to support the people who need it most and put housing in a smart and thoughtful place adjacent to transit and near community services. Thank you. Next we have Diana Hyde, Dan Landis, then Connie Baring gould and then... Um I think it's Robert Talbot, but I'm not sure. Diana? Diana? Okay. My name is Diana Heidi, and I've lived in this city area since 1984. And I've noticed how it's grown, but I've noticed all the trouble that's been in our area lately. And uh, I'm just concerned about this new housing development. How come the city of, Re of Kenmore decided not to do the project? And uh, I'm concerned about the people who would live in this housing building downtown and what they would do to live in this place to pay for it. And I'm wondering about the provider who's going to pay for this building. Thank you. Next we have Dan Landis, then Connie Baring Gould. And I, I think it's Robert Abbott, but I'm uncertain. Then Billy Hetherington. Mayor, members of council, thank you. My name is Dan Landis, and I am the Vice President of Development for King County Housing Authority. And we own over 700 units of affordable housing in the city of Redmond. I'm here to thank you for your quick action to support the development of the permanent supportive housing by Plymouth Housing. 
I live in southeast, southeast Seattle, and since we purchased our home 23 years ago, there have been two low barrier permanent supportive housing projects developed in our neighborhood within three quarters of a mile of where we live. One was two blocks from where my daughters went to elementary school, and the other they walked by on their way to high school, or I should say one of them walked by, the other one didn't walk anywhere after she turned 16. Excuse me, sir, can you pause just a moment? Um, I need everyone to stay um, in their seats unless they're speaking. Thank you. Sorry. Go ahead. Over many years of operation, I have not heard of any negative impacts this housing has had on our neighborhood. Unfortunately, I cannot say the same about the unhoused people who live in our neighborhood. But I also know that we will continue to experience the many problems of homelessness until each of these people can find welcoming and affordable housing, such as the permanent supportive housing that Plymouth Housing is so good at developing and operating. As I see the Microsoft Connector buses drive through my neighborhood, I am reminded that affordable housing is a regional problem. Unless we all work together on solutions, we have no hope of overcoming the daunting challenges this affordability crisis presents. Those most impacted by these, th this crisis are those without any home at all. So please, build more permanent supportive housing in my neighborhood, and thank you for building this permanent supportive housing in Redmond. We need it. Next, I have Connie Baring Gould, Robert Abbott, I think, and Billy Hetherington, and then Pat Swanson and Neely McQueen. I just wanted to support you and what you've been doing and what you're doing. Thank you so much. Next is, I think, Robert Abbott. Oh, good. Uh, Billy Hetherington, Pat Swanson, and Neely McQueen, and then Joy Randall. No, um, I think it's, I think it's Robert Abbott. Um, Robert Abbott. I can read out your phone number, but I don't really want to. Robert Abbott. Uh, Billy Hetherington, then Pat Swanson and Neely McQueen, then Joy Randall, then Tammy Waddell. Evening, Mayor and rest of the council. Um, my name is Billy Hetherington. I work for Lionel Local 242. Uh, we're a construction labor local that represents about 7,000 folks that uh, live and work right here in King County. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to speak and thank you this evening for um, your work you did on consent uh, agenda number 12 and all the conversations that we've had leading up to this point and all the intake that um, you've had with folks like myself and other folks from the building trades you'll hear in a moment. Um, when I first came out of the field about seven years ago, I had the opportunity to become an apprenticeship coordinator for my training trust and for those two years was probably the best two years that I had um, out of, you know, working in the industry and just being able to give opportunities to apprentice, apprentices and see the, how those opportunities change their lives. And in Redmond, we know that it's a, you know, with some of the comments we've had here before is how, how much it's growing right now, how much you're investing in your infrastructure and have an opportunity like this to provide 15% of all the hours worked on that public infrastructure to give those opportunities to pe people entering the construction industry to, to get that training and receive those living wages and be able to have a career um, beyond just that one job is, is commendable on all your parts. So I just want to say thank you. 
Next we have Pat Swanson and Neely McQueen, then Joy Randall, then Tammy Waddell, then Liz Caulfield. I'm Pat Swanson and this is Neely McQueen and together we are the co-lead pastors at Overlake Christian Church on 9900 Willows Road. And we wanna say thank you. We recognize the courage and wisdom of your leadership in response to an urgent situation to salvage a fully funded development addressing one of our region's greatest needs in affordable housing. Please know we enthusiastically support the city's intent to pursue the Plymouth housing development at 16725 Cleveland Street, including the transfer of land. We believe these 100 units of permanent supportive housing for our neighborhood ex uh, neighbors exiting homelessness continue Redmond's commitment to increasing the supply of affordable housing while working alongside the community, outside agencies, nonprofits, including faith-based organizations like our own. Having more affordable housing for all income levels and access to supportive services is fundamental to people being able to achieve stability and health in their lives. Housing is a human right. Overlake Christian Church highly values our partnership with the City of Redmond and others to help people who are struggling so that everyone in our community can experience belonging and grow stronger together. Over the past seven years, in partnership with the City, we have assisted over 150 people move from our safe parking program, where folks are sleeping in their vehicles, into affordable housing. We continue to witness firsthand the transformative impact that a safe and stable place to call home makes in the lives of people. We've also seen the power and importance of the permanent supportive housing model, which has proven to be one of the most effective ways to stabilize the lives of those exiting homelessness. We recently celebrated one of our neighbors who had been in our safe parking program and moved into permanent supportive housing operated by Plymouth Housing in Bellevue. This was a senior who had been chronically homeless for decades, but through partnerships that provided care for the whole life of an, of an individual, he's now experiencing the dignity of being in a safe and an affordable home with on-site access to supportive needs. Thank you for listening to us. Faith communities in Redmond and surrounding areas have long been important partners by helping people in need of providing shelter, food, health services, supportive friendships, spiritual care, and other essentials. We're grateful for the council service and commitment to being a city where all individuals and households have access to affordable, safe, and stable housing. As Mother Teresa once said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Our hope for us in Redmond is to be a place of peace, a place where, all, where we all remember we belong to one another. We're committed to that work together. Thank you. Thanks. Next up is Joy Randall, then Tammy Waddell, then Liz Caulfield, then Lillian Yee. Hello, City Council members and Mayor Bernie. I'm a housing advocate. I volunteer for various grassroots and mutual aid groups that focus on ways to support our unhoused community through Services Not Sweeps Coalition, House Our Neighbors, and Redmond Food Not Bombs. I'm also currently on the board of the House Our Neighbors Education Fund. I've commented before in support of your advocacy and work of more housing options for our community, particularly for affordable low-income housing. I've been a proud member of the Redmond community as a 19-year resident. This month marks my 19th year living in the Overlake area and raising my family. I've been glad to see how much you've supported opening up housing options for community members who cannot afford luxury apartment rents and for too many who are simply trying to exit homelessness. It's extremely clear our country, in fact our whole 
county, in fact, our whole country is in a housing crisis. You may have seen all the recent headlines. Record number of Americans are homeless amid the nationwide surge in rent, report finds. Most Americans who want to buy a home next year can't afford a 20% down payment. Harvard scholars say a record number of Americans are spending more than half their income on rent. The housing crisis has reached a new peak for 12 million severely cost-burdened households. U.S. cities are filling up with luxury apartments despite housing recession. These are just a few recent headlines. You may already know that the number of unhoused people who died in King County in 2023 is 415, which is 30% higher than the previous record from 2022 of 309 deaths of unhoused people. I knew some of them, and it's tragic if we continue to set records like this. Please do not give in to the fear-mongering, villainization, and hate of people struggling to survive. We must do better in expanding our collective and community care for all, just not those we deem deserving or worthy of help. It's disappointing that this project was rejected, rejected in Kenmore. It's disappointing to see how much hate is stoked by the fear of people who need support, not erasure. We have now been asked to show that Redmond is a beacon of compassion and will lead the way to what a community can do to make a small dent in the housing and homelessness crisis that's impacted far too many people. Let's move towards helping people thrive, not just survive. Let's move towards in housing conclusion. as a human right. Housing for all is how we build a safe, thriving and community. In conclusion. Housing for all is how we save lives. A Seattle Times article. Ms. Randall, your time is up. Next, we have Tammy Waddell, then Liz Caulfield, then Lillian Yee, then Esteban, I think it's us, but I'm uncertain. Whoops. I'm not going to take all my time. I'm, I don't have anything prepared. I just want to say, as a 30-year resident of Redmond, I am here to thank you very much for... Um, approving and making sure that human beings are welcomed into the city of Redmond. You're walking the walk, you're talking the talk. And as a community organizer, I am saying that, yes, we will work together to make sure that the community works to welcome these human beings into these homes that they so desperately need. And I just want to say... Thank you. Next, we have Lillian, no, I'm sorry, Liz Caulfield, then Lillian Yee, then Esteban, I think Utz, and then uh, someone first name only, Amy. Hi, I'm Liz Caulfield, also known as Elsie, Programs Manager 1 at the Sophia Way. I'm here to represent the Sophia Way and speak on behalf of Dietra Clayton, our Managing Executive Director. We at the Sophia Way strongly endorse the City of Redmond's commitment to advancing the Plymouth Housing affordable housing development at 16725 Cleveland Street, including facilitating the land transfer. We express our gratitude to the city for promptly and decisively ensuring that our federal, state, and local funding is effectively utilized for the betterment of our community. 
The construction of affordable housing is cr a crucial need as the demand for affordable housing is escalating across all income levels on the east side, especially in Redmond. This project holds immense promise in securing a safer, brighter future for individuals and families in need of the stability that comes with having a home. Plymouth Housing's ongoing project to establish 100 units of permanent supportive housing for people exiting homelessness, people with disabilities, and people earning less than 30% AMI is an invaluable initiative that will significantly improve the lives of its beneficiaries. The inclusion of value-added supportive services will further guarantee that individuals receive the necessary assistance to not only attain but maintain stability. We commend the City of Redmond for the continued support in meeting the diverse needs of our community. This and other collective efforts are necessary to address the, the housing crisis and positively impact the lives of those in need of safe, stable, and affordable housing. Thank you. Next we have Lillian Yee, then Esteban, I think it's us, then Amy, then uh, Nashad Ali. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm Lillian. I'm the volunteer for Shenyun Performing Arts, a New York-based nonprofit organization. Uh, but today I'm here as a resident of uh, Redmond and a designer passionate for authentic Chinese culture. Uh, firstly, I really wanted to express my sincere appreciation for uh, to Mayor's Office, Melissa, Jane, and Jessica for their previous effort on my request, uh, proclamation for Shenyun. Uh, well, the request was rejected due to policy constraints. I'm here to explore the possibility of receiving individual greetings letters from each of the Redmond City Council members. Dedicated 17 years to reviving authentic Chinese culture before communism, Shenyun has become a global phenomenon. However, this great show with top classic live orchestra and uh, Chinese dancing are forbidden now in China mainland. I firmly believe this uh, small support greeting letters for Shenyun is an ideal manifesto for Chinese American History Month. Uh, it would enhance cities leading role as a culturally inclusive community in the state and also elevate artistic vibrance and create future opportunities for pace. More importantly for me, as a cross-culture designer living in Redmond, it resonates with my generation's responsibility to revitalize authentic Chinese culture here in this adopted home, U.S. It aligns with my passion as a designer to truly integrate the beauty and energy of art and design into the well-being of everyday people in our lovely Redmond community. Furthermore, as a woman in tech advocating for diversity and cultural inclusiveness, especially in the Redmond Tech Gen's AI wave. So um, this request stems from my genuine desire to give back to our community. If you'd love to uh, support me, support my community, please email me. Uh, and uh, yeah, your time and consideration is largely appreciated. Thank you. Next, we have Esteban. Is there an Esteban? 
Um, Amy? No last name? Amy? Uh, Nashad Ali? Then, um, oh, I can't read the first name. Uh, Dormady is the last name. And then Karen Tennyson? Hi, I'm Nashad Ali. I have lived or worked in Redmond for the last 15 years, and my office is just blocks away from the proposed Plymouth project. I'm here to support the city's intent to pursue the Plymouth Housing Affordable Housing Development at 1625 Cleveland Street, including the transfer of land. As a realtor that is witnessing firsthand daily the effects of skyrocketing home and rent prices on everyone, including the middle class, and even more egregiously on the lower third in income and the unhoused, I wholeheartedly thank you for taking such an important step in creating affordable housing for those that are most in need. I commend you for having the courage that the Kenmore City Council lacked and for having the courage to cut through the noise of the vocal privileged minority that stands opposed. I choose to believe that the vocal minority are here opposing the project, not because they are selfish. I choose to believe that they, are, um, that they oppose it not because they, that they lack compassion or humanity for those that are less fortunate than they are. I can only hope that they are here because of fear that is rooted in misconception and a lack of education. Specifically, those that stand up here making up arbitrary numbers of murders and crimes that are extrapolated out of thin air to create fear have not done their homework on how Plymouth housing works. This sort of fear-mongering is irresponsible. I would hope that everyone here today, just as the city council does, would want a, city, a society that fosters a healthy place to live for all residents, regardless of race, religion, income, or any other exclusive factor. I believe that if those that stand opposed would have a different view if they educated themselves and understood the positive impact that projects like the proposed Plymouth Project have on people in cities throughout the nation and even internationally. I urge those that stand opposed to educate themselves just as the council has done and come to the same commendable decision as the council to support this very important project to create a more diverse and inclusive city. Thank you guys so much. Next I have, I um, can't read your first name, Dormady is the last name, and then Karen Tennyson, and then Katie Glor, then Brady Nordstrom. Could you tell me your first name? Uh, Chuck Dermody. Thank you. Um, Mayor, Council, thank you. Um, I would request that the this final decisions on this uh, low barrier housing be deferred until adequate time has been given for public comment. Thank you. Next we have Karen Tennyson. Then Katie Glore, then Brady Nordstrom, then Tom Kirby. Mayor Bernie and council members, it's my pleasure to be here this evening in support of the new housing project that is going in in downtown Redmond. I've been an advocate for affordable housing for years. I was on the ARCH board for a number of years and I was the chair and I've also been on the Washington Low Income Housing Alliance on their board as well. And I was born when we lived in affordable housing and we continued to for a number of years before we finally moved somewhere else. I'll give you a little history lesson of how we got here. 
In the 1980s, the Reagan administration destroyed millions of affordable homes. And then they had urban renewal, which went on and destroyed more affordable housing options. And we've not done a push to replace any of those. But to me, this new project in downtown Redmond is the perfect solution. And Plymouth Housing is an excellent provider of services. And they have a great reputation. And they know what they're doing. And I'm aware that there are people who fear the, the folks who will live in this housing development. And I hope that they come forward and meet them and learn that they're just like all the rest of us. They just happen to be poor or disabled or whatever. Redmond is a great place, and this is a great location. It's close to services and transportation. And thank you for the opportunity to address you this evening and to support you in your decision to, for this affordable housing project. Thank you. Next, we have Katie Glor, then Brady Nordstrom, then Tom Kirby, then Amani Moyer Ali. Thanks for being here. I'm so nervous, but this is so important and such an important issue. So, I'm Katie Glor. I'm the programs manager from the Sophia Way. Um, I have worked for the Sophia Way for four years and been in homeless service for 10. Um, the Sophia Way has been helping homeless women since 2012. Um, and I'm speaking on behalf of our executive director, Deidre, and the Sophia Way and the women that we serve. Um, Plymouth Housing is a valued partner of the Sophia Way and also is the city of Redmond. Um, we have housed many of our clients in your um, low AMI housing that you, got, you all have around the area. Um, <clears throat> and I would like to share um, with you all my experience with Plymouth and their permanent supportive housing. Uh, we were able to house 25 plus women at their location in Eastgate. Um, these are the clients that were housed with them are clients who might not be able to or have been housed without their program uh, due to not enough income or uh, disabilities or other barriers that um, some of the women that we serve um, have. And I'd just like to mention too um, about the low barrier for Plymouth housing. Um, just personally, the clients, I mean, I, I don't think it matters either way, um, but most of our clients that we serve are older. Um, their husbands have passed away. They haven't had savings. You know, they don't have enough money. They're making um, $846 on their Social Security um, for the rest of their life. And um, the only opportunity that, that they have for housing is to um, find places that will have 30% of their income um, and then they can live the rest of their life there. Something that's amazing about the permanent supportive housing uh, through Plymouth is that it comes with case management and case managers and um, they have therapy and they have uh, medical staff. They have full support for people wrapped around services. So um, a lot of the housing opportunities that we have, have had uh, recently, this just put somebody, uh, put a, a person into housing and then hopefully um, they 
um, are able to successfully thrive in that area. And sadly, homelessness is uh, generational, and um, sometimes our clients are missing the skills that they need to continue going. And so putting some of our clients into permanent supportive housing really is the most important um, thing that we can do for them to help them be successful. And highly likely they won't always live in permanent supportive because they'll have a year or two of things that they need in um, to help them gain some steps up this up the ladder to be able to be successful. Um, and sorry, I got off track. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Next, we have Brady Nordstrom, then Tom Kirby, then Amani Moyer Ali, then Kyle Piper. Hello there. Um, greetings. My name is Brady Nordstrom. Um, so I do, I do work in East King County for FutureWise. Um, we are a statewide organization um, that focuses on land use and land use. Uh, it implicates a lot of things that the uh, city of Redmond cares about. Um, this includes housing, transportation, the environment, equity. All these things intersect in the way that we use our land. Um, and I think, I mean, I came out here tonight just to thank you all for, for your leadership. Um, I, it, it's, when an opportunity like this comes up, it's, it's easy to say it's, it's, it's coming too fast or that it's not the right time, but you all really took this opportunity and you're moving forward with it. And what we do know is that permanent supportive housing is proven. And I remember I went to this, this lecture at UW at one point and of all of the ways to approach housing and housing stability, it's one of the, if not the most effective tool that we have to, to, to improve people's lives. Um, so um, it's both desperately needed and it's also imp impossible, nearly impossible to build without support from cities in, the ter in terms of um, land disposition or incentives or, uh, or other, uh, other support like that. So thank you again for your courageous leadership um, and preser preserving the funding as much as you can to keep this project moving forward. And I just, I just know that I'm one of many people, both residents and organizations that want to figure this out. Um, we know that there's work to do to build public education. We know that there's work to do to resolve concerns that exist in the community. But um, I think overall, we just want to make this a success for Redmond and an example to the wider region. So, so thank you all very much. Yep. Next, we have Tom Kirby, then Amani Moyer Ali, then Kyle Piper, then Keith Weir. Hi, I'm here today uh, speaking as a representative of Porchlight formerly Congregations for the Homeless, which is the only men's emergency shelter serving the east side of King County. Uh, so I'm here representing the people who are actually doing the work on the ground to solve homelessness and solving the homelessness of every individual man who walks through our doors. Uh, the commentary around this issue resonates with me for a couple of different reasons. Uh, the first is just operational, which is that our job at the shelter is to get people out of encampments and off the streets and into housing. We're not a permanent solution for anyone. We're a medium through which people get into housing. We can't do our jobs if there isn't housing. And the stories of so many of the men that I work with every day at the shelter, uh, those stories stall because there is nowhere for them to go after the shelter. There is no housing available. So it's really, really important to end homelessness on the, on the east side and in King County in general. 
that we actually build housing so that the case managers can do their job, the social workers can do their job, and the people like me who work on the ground every day can do their job. Another reason is uh, my job at the shelter is actually in part to run the advisory group uh, that is required of us by the land use code. And uh, my understanding is that Plymouth is going to have a similar process here. Uh, so I'm the one who hears every day from our neighbors about their frustrations, their complaints, what we can do better. I can tell you that process has worked really, really well. Uh, go talk to the executive director of Seattle Humane that uh, their building is about 200 yards from us. Go talk to the property management at CBRE. Their building is about 50 yards from us. Uh, I'm the one that hears their comments every day and, and responds to them and finds ways to mitigate our impact on the community. Uh, what's really frustrating to me is when we hear those complaints from people out in our neighborhood who don't have anything constructive to bring to the table and instead are just interested in complaining to us and saying, well, what are you going to do about it? What we're going to do about it is build housing and get people into housing. That's how you solve the problem. Uh, the third point is just strategic, which is that uh, I know a lot of people have concerns about how quickly this project has moved. Uh, the process, the, the steps that need to be taken to build new housing on the east side have moved at a, a molasses pace for decades. Uh, independent of whether you think this building has come about too quickly, uh, King County in general is already decades behind the times in building new housing and has a massive deficit to make up. And finally, uh, just from comments I heard earlier, there's an epidemiological argument to be made here too about public health outcomes. Uh, housing first and uh, voluntary treatment are both evidence-based programs. Uh, you can get your information from Facebook or you can get your information from people who actually study this and do the work themselves. Strongly in support. Next we have Amani Moyer Ali and then Kyle Piper and then Keith Weir and then Andrea Orleans. I said your name wrong, sorry Andrea. Hello, um, my name is Amani. I uh, have been a resident of Redmond for the last 20 years. I came here tonight to express my um, support for the Plymouth Housing Project on Cleveland Street. I came with a lot of points about trying to refute what I've heard online from uh, people who were really against this project, but I'm so encouraged and so proud of Redmond for what I'm seeing here tonight. This is so this is so reassuring. I'm very, very proud to be from Redmond. Um, I really look forward to the folks who I have heard express doubt and fear about this to see the reality of supportive housing through the process of establishing this facility, how 24-7 ac access to medical care, mental health services, and permanent housing improves people's lives. I look forward to Redmond learning how reliably these programs help human beings who are struggling and applying for this housing, seeking stability and sa the safety it can provide them. We are so incredibly lucky to be handed such a well-planned and well-established project from planners and housing advocates in Kenmore who worked so hard for over a year to make this facility possible. The humanity and heart that so many supportive housing advocates in Kenmore showed in fighting for this project is inspirational. And while I'm disappointed that they will not be able to see it built in their own city, I am so grateful that we will have the opportunity here in Redmond to bring it to the finish line and help dozens of individuals in our community exit homelessness permanently. Thank you. Next we have Kyle Piper, then Keith Weir, then Andrew 
or Nalas. Is that better? Okay. And then Shauna Moyer. I thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, I've lived in Redmond for over 20 years. Um, in the time that I've been here, I've watched it change a lot. Um, and not all of that change has been good for everyone. I am currently facing the reality that I may soon be priced out of the place that I've called home for most of my life. Uh, Redmond in the entire Seattle area has become less and less accessible over the years, pushing people further and further away. With the Plymouth Housing Project on Cleveland Street, we have an opportunity to change the lives of some of the people most negatively impacted by this shift. All it will cost us is money already set aside for this purpose and land already allocated for this purpose. There are people who are misinformed about the nature of this project that have expressed strong opposition to it. I urge the council to disregard those voices. The good that can be accomplished here far outweighs any of the concerns that have been raised, all of which are rooted in misinformation and baseless fear that should never be allowed to govern our decision making. Please maintain your commitment to providing affordable housing and continue your support for the Cleveland Street Supportive Housing Project. Thank you. Next we have Keith Weir, then Andrea, then Sean Moyer, then Osama Hamdan, Hamdan and then Atia Conway. Good evening, Mayor Bernie, members of the council. My name is Keith Weir. I am a member of IBEW Local 46, your local electricians within the area here. Uh, I'm coming to thank you, as did Billy, for uh, agenda item number 12 on the consent agenda uh, regarding apprenticeship utilization. Um, apprenticeship utilization on projects, uh, A, guarantees that you have honest, above-board contractors who actually employ a real apprentice not a trainee, somebody who is on a trajectory and a career pathway to a living wage and a middle class career. We take in folks from right out of high school or with a GED all the way we have folks applying to our programs that hold their master's degrees and our teachers and police officers and no longer want to do that. They hear about our program. Unfortunately, they've incurred college debt. <laughs> um, they need to pay it off. Folks that come to us without any college debt. Uh, within four years, our, our program recently went to a four-year uh, program uh, from starting as an apprentice to graduating and getting your license, becoming a journey-level electrician, $160,000 a year plus. Family wages, family benefits, right, securing the community. A lot of that work is thanks to communities like Redmond and the growth that has happened out here. You have fed and housed and kept multitudes of my union members and their families healthy and safe and thank you for that i appreciate that very much so again i just applaud you for the work thank you and remember the folks that uh, build these projects are the ones who make it work and apprentices are the beginning of that thank you next we have andrew you're going to you're going to tell me how to say your last name because I'm going to keep butchering it. I'm sorry. And then Sean Moyer, Osama Hamdan, and Atia Conway. Hi, council members and Mayor Bernie. I'm Andrea Ornelis. I am a laborer with Liana 242, and I would like to say thank you for adopting an ordinance establishing apprenticeship requirements for city-funded public works contracts of a million or more. 
Working in the construction industry, I got my start with a new pre-apprenticeship, and after joining the laborers of Local 242, I was able to get jobs and work projects that had apprenticeship requirements. Without it, I don't know where my family of seven would be. And this is a great opportunity for community and its future generations. And I will receive my time and say thank you. Next, we have Sean Moyer, then Osama Hamdan, Atia Conway, and Linda Seltzer. Hello, I'd like to speak in support of uh, Plymouth. I'm gonna speak just like from a personal perspective. Uh, I grew up in a housing project, public housing project, 200 units, not 100 units, right outside of the Boston area. And uh, you know, I was born into it. Uh, my family, my parents had very little. And uh, we just needed some support at that time. Um, it was a great investment for the United States of America. Uh, what was put into me, I've more than repaid. Went on to a great school, been blessed with a great career. Same happened with many of the people I grew up with. Like the amount of taxes that I pay economically has made this a great return. Redmond benefits, I've been a homeowner here for 19 years. The state benefits, federal government really benefits. Everybody's, as long as I'm alive, everybody's still winning from this investment. So economically, it makes a tremendous amount of sense um, to think that there are all these services. We just needed shelter at the time, but now to have all these services that go with it, what an amazing thing to just level the playing field a little bit. Now, as I got a little older, I saw that some people viewed us as second-class citizens. Like if I heard that there was a meeting like this and a debate around whether that public housing project should be built, it'd be greatly offensive to me. Some of the things I heard here tonight are greatly offensive to me. Now, I understand it's coming from a place of ignorance because people just don't know. They don't know what the experience is. We don't want handouts. We're scrappy. We want to get ahead. We want to advance ourselves. The people I grew up with in that housing project, and I'm old. I'm very old. We're still close. We're still friends. But they've all gone on to do great things and contribute to society. So it makes sense. Economically, it makes sense. But the real question is, like, what are our values? When we wake up in the morning, what do we stand for? Are we driven by fear? Ah, oh, these people so bad. Can't let them near us. I don't care where they go. Just don't want them near us. What kind of way is that to live your life? We got to wake up, go to bed, aspire to better than that. Aspire to what has made us prosper as a community, as a country. We shouldn't fall short of that because of fear and selfishness. My name is Nassim Tafaha. I want to thank Sean O'Moore for yielding her time. Thank you all. Next, we have Osama Hamdan, Atia Conway, Linda Seltzer, and Rod Taylor. Hello, everyone. Uh, it is a pleasure to see all of you again. I know it's, uh, I've known all of you over the many years um, that I've been in this community. Uh, I can say 
that while there were some things that probably weren't that exciting to hear tonight, I will say there was a lot of amazing people. And had anyone told me I was going to be behind the seam, I would have probably um, figured out a way to get that list order changed. <laughs> um, that being said, um, uh, some of you know I ran for city council a while back. And in my process of running, I got to meet a lot of people in the community. Um, and at that time in 2017, affordable housing was at the top of mind of a lot of people. Um, and it has not stopped, right? It has not changed. And if anything, it's probably gotten worse. I support this project, not because I think it's gonna solve a lot of our affordable housing problems. I think it's one step. There are a lot of things that we still have to do as a community. And this is one way for us as a community to contribute and to help improve the lives of many people. I think it's important that we, as a city of Redmond, a city that I love and I've loved having my kids grow up in the city, to set a standard for the rest of the region. I think we can actually be the, um, the light that this region needs in terms of how we can actually solve this problem. And, and being able, setting an example that can, can help others see us uh, as a community that cares about all of us in the community, as well as people within our larger region. So thank you so much for seriously considering this, and I look forward to your support. Next, we have Atia Conway, Linda Seltzer, Rod Taylor, and Adam Wilson. Thank you for your time. Um, my name's Atia Conway, and I also work for the Sophia Way. Um, the Sophia Way, we work closely with uh, Porchlight and uh, Plymouth and a lot of other agencies that support homeless residents in low-income um, households. Uh, so I am currently a case manager working with residents who live in their vehicles. Um, I have been doing this job for about two years now. Um, and in my experience supporting people living in their cars, it hasn't been challenging. <laughs> There's some of like the most amazing people that I had the opportunity to be schooled, first of all, because I'm young and everyone who I support are my elders and I look up to them. Um, and then they, they also have their struggles. So I 100% stand with Plymouth um, and I've seen them do a lot of great things all over King County because I know that they have uh, buildings also in Seattle, Bellevue, and now presumably Redmond. Um, and I'm going to stick to the script because I'm not good with uh, giving speeches. But uh, so, so I'm a vehicle outreach case manager for the Sophia Way, serving all cities incorporated in East King County. And I have been serving homeless populations since 2021. Um, working, working firsthand with the homeless population, I can undoubtedly say that there is an urgent need for more affordable housing. And not only affordable housing, but affordable housing that meets people that has a certain need because like I'm a case manager. If you look at my pay paycheck because we're stationed in Bellevue, which has more, uh, I'll say funding politely, um, which has more access to funding. Uh, my paychecks are decent, but if I don't work the way that I do, I can also fall short. Um, we're, we're, we're just one step above. I can't speak for everybody in the room, but um, 
this can, it, it, people say it can happen to anyone. I do believe in God, so I, I have a different perspective on a lot of things. But coming from a humane standpoint, this can like fall in anyone's lap. And it's people's cousins, their uncle, it, it's our relative. And like, I have to look at everyone like your family to me. And that's the kind of faith that I believe in. But um, so I, I do stand with Plymouth and I have seen them do a lot of great work over the years. Um, working with them closely, seeing the type of the support that they give the population that they serve, uh, what they say they will do, I can say that. <laughs> so uh, whatever they is in their notion to do, they will stand by that. They will do it, and they make sure that uh, once people are entered into their program, because uh, like my manager said, um, we house 25 of our clients who we serve with their program. So when they enter into their program, we see the full circle care. So they're not just put in a program, left on their own to swim and figure it out. Like they have case management, they have nurses, they have mental health support. Thank you for your time. Next, we have Linda Seltzer, then Rod Taylor, then Adam Wilson, then Siri Bliesner. I am testifying in support of the arch renovation of the Emma McRedman apartment building. I'm glad to see a project in which older style housing is preserved and renovated. I hope that the current residents won't have to move in order for the renovations to take place. Also, I hope that noisy construction will be prohibited at night and that the trees on the street will be preserved and given soil all around rather than being encased in concrete. With regard to the permanent supportive housing on Cleveland Street, I'm generally in favor, but have some comments. I'm generally not in favor of high rises as the answer to the low-income housing apartment shortage. Um, I believe in per purchasing and preserving suburban and rural apartment complexes. The proximity to Anderson Park is a positive factor, but the intersections with Redmond Way need to be made safe for pedestrians and provide sufficient crossing time. And this also means definite green lights rather than flashing orange lights and four-way crossing where cars cannot make turns. The Seattle Times previously reported on mismanagement of permanent supportive housing as a cause of failures in rehabilitation. The city of Redmond needs to require that each person or couple has a private apartment and that clients won't be forced to share a room or apartment with strangers. The Seattle Times reported that unhoused persons were being forced to share a room with people they didn't choose and often didn't know. People were paired with others who had a mental illness and had no solitude or privacy. Providers were refusing requests by people to live together or in nearby apartments. When unhoused persons made friends and formed a support system, this was not honored. To help make this project successful, I asked the city not to repeat this mistake that was made in Seattle and make sure that residents have a private apartment. It also works best when people have a private bathroom and a separate washer and dryer in the apartment, as well as a private space to have and prepare food. Apartment complex living is most successful when people can keep to themselves and avoid conflicts. 
um, I know this contradicts all the wishful thinking about shared spaces, but I am a renter, and there are times when I delivered food boxes to people in Hopelink housing, and I am well aware of the adage that good fences make good neighbors as a policy for success of a project. Thank you very much. Next is Rod Taylor, then Adam Wilson, then Siri Bliesner, then Alex Zimmerman, then Andrew Raffman. Hello, I'm Rod Taylor, and I've been a, a citizen of Redmond for over 25 years. Um, I see a lot of humanity in this room. I see a lot of charity. And I just want to say that I have a person in my house that is unhoused that was in need, and it is a good thing to do. So I speak from the heart, but I do also want to caution everybody in this room. I'm old school. I'm seeing a lack of accountability and a lack of consequences for those who are not following the rules, who are not invested in the humanity and the charity, who take advantage of the system. So I would urge the Redmond Council to please keep in touch with people who are using this system unjustly, taking it from somebody who is truly in need. I support this housing project if it's the best way to pay uh, through taxpayer dollars but I just don't want us to waste money. I don't want us to burn out our police department, our first responders. I want to make sure that we are being smart, but walking cautiously so that we keep in touch with those who aren't genuinely appreciative, who aren't genuinely wanting to be, to be in, in the system and contributing back as a, as a citizen to society. So if you would please keep that in the forefront, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Next is Adam Wilson, then Siri Bleesner, then Alex Zimmerman, then Andrew Raffman, then David Morton. Thank you. I just wanted to speak to the council and uh, thank them for their continued collaboration with Move Redmond. It's uh, wonderful to see the work that has been done, especially around preparing for light rail to arrive here in the area, and obviously the transit the affordable housing near transit that is the hot topic I'll let everyone else cover. I don't quite have an opinion on that. I don't know enough. Um, but they, they've done, you've done a lot of great work, and I'd like you to encourage, encourage and support that uh, continuing going forward, especially, you know, anything you can do to make it safer to travel around the city, like consent uh, agenda item five with the improved crosswalks, things like that, you know, makes one more person walk, makes one more person feel comfortable crossing the street, and just... You know, makes makes Redmond a more pleasant place for people to walk around and spend their time. Thank you. Next is Siri Bleesner, then Alex Zimmerman, then Andrew Raffman, then David Morton. Good evening, council members, Mayor Bernie, and all our community members who are here this evening. My name is Siri Bleesner, and I'm here to just thank you, the council and Mayor Bernie in the city of Redmond, for your willingness to live values that we speak of, specifically equity and inclusiveness. Thank you for approving the agreement with Plymouth Housing for supportive housing and providing opportunity for all people to live here in Redmond. I am a longtime Redmond resident and firmly an elected school board member for the past 12 years. I understand what it means to make decisions as elected officials that support your values and potentially have controversy within the community. This is one of those decisions that uphold the values of this community, 
of Redmond and will be seen by the next generation like my kids that have grown up here as you doing the right thing at the right time. So thank you so much. Next is Alex Zimmerman, then Andrew Raffman, then David Morton, then David Haynes. Looks like Mr. Zimmerman is not here anymore. Andrew Raffman, David Morton, David Haynes, and Scott Polson. Hi, Council and Mayor. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Uh, I'm Andrew Raffman. I've been a resident of Redmond for 20 years. I raised my kids here. Very happy to be here. Uh, I want to express my support for the Plymouth Housing Development in downtown Redmond. Uh, I know it take, took a lot of courage to, uh, to move forward. Uh, now, having said that, though, um, I think that what people are noticing is that there's been an information vacuum over the last two weeks. I think that the council vote uh, last week kind of maybe took people by surprise. Uh, when I hear people up here talking about, you know, how people who are opposed are ignorant or have hate, I, I, I choose to believe that maybe, you know, feel a little bit better about people than that. I think there's just maybe uh, an issue of, you know, properly explaining to people. And I think people have a lot of fear because they don't understand what's going on. Uh, so I think that I would... I would strongly encourage like continued outreach. I think that the fact that the Redmond put on their website recently is a really good first start. Uh, I'd like to see um, you know, that fact continue to be filled out as people have more questions so people understand you know, what is expected to be the makeup of the people living in the community, uh, what will be the vetting process, all those kind of questions that everyone has had. And that's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Uh, next, we have David Morton, then David Haynes, then Scott Polson, then David Carson. Good evening. I'm David Morton. At the February 13 study session of the City Council, there was a presentation called Groundwater Production and Water Quality, the inclusion of staff members with expertise in maintenance operations and water quality operations, added depth to the discussion, providing a well-rounded perspective. <clears throat> the vulnerability of the aquifer due to its shallow depth and lack of confining layers was clearly identified. The risk of potential groundwater contamination in the downtown, Marymore, and southeast Redmond areas was recognized, and it underscores the importance of pr protection efforts. The emphasis on policy review, engagement with state and federal regulations, and proactive measures like pollution prevention assistance visits and development reviews demonstrated a commitment to safeguarding the city's drinking water aquifer. However, a pair of contradictory statements were made in the presentation. First, it was stated that, in a quote, in CARA 2, groundwater takes 10 years or less to get to our supply wells, end quote. Then it was claimed that, quote, water in that area, meaning CARA 2, won't reach our supply wells, end quote. The statements contradict each other. Also, if CARA 2 groundwater is polluted and the polluted groundwater has a critical recharge effect on the aquifer, 
then pollutants in the recharge at water are likely to reach and negatively affect the water quality of the aquifer. In other words, if polluted recharge water is maintaining the quantity of water in the aquifer, then pollutants are contaminating the aquifer. The size of the monitoring well network throughout Redmond's Cara is impressive, but it was not specified how many of these monitoring wells are sampled twice a year. Also, which common chemicals does the lab look for in these monitoring well samples? Normally, labs do not detect chemicals that they are not looking for. The monitoring well network serves as an early warning system, but for only the common chemicals the lab is looking for. The water quality sampling schedule, which ranges from sampling daily to sampling once every nine years, seems less than rigorous. In the Q&A, a question regarding the nine-year testing interval for some contaminants suggested there are gaps in the monitoring schedule. A question about budgeting for increased testing frequency demonstrated foresight, and the response implied that the frequency of PFAS monitoring might increase. An increased testing frequency for all regulated parameters is advisable. In summary, the presentation left me with questions and doubts about Redmond's commitment to protecting the city's drinking water aquifer. Thank you. Next we have David Haynes, then Scott Polson, then David Carson. Hi, David Haynes, Estero Park. The only way Christian compassion works is if you stop sympathizing with the devil pushing drugs. They're imploding our society. Since last year, there's been multiple 911 calls about junkie thieves and their low-level drug pushers, and they're like, all these repeat offenders are ransacking the stores, and they go into the apartment garages, and they're stealing everything, and I don't understand why the cops are not trespassing them and questioning them to find out where they get the drugs. They keep driving into the neighborhood, and nobody does anything about it. There's no accountability for that. And... Because these guys were never dealt with, there was a homeless encampment fire and explosion 15 days ago underneath the Overlake Link Light Rail. And I'm the one who was going to the grocery store, heard it, and called the Bellevue Fire Department, and they put it out really fast. But these guys are still roaming around from Redmond to Bellevue. They stop off in Overlake. They steal some stuff, and they, they are completely strung out. I mean... It's just self-destructive suicidal tendencies. Maybe they got some trauma, but nobody's dealing with it. And a lot of them came from downtown Seattle once they were swept during the All-Star Week last year. So I got to ask, why does city council keep copycatting the same racist, woke, progressive, bottom-of-the-barrel policies of Seattle that imploded their society? You got to stop sympathizing with the devil and making judgments on skin color and invigorate these employees and keep them honest, forthright, and diligent. You all are giving praises and raises to the government employees like their re-election apparatus and a voting block, and we need better service and outreach and response. It's like Overlake has these pockets of trash. And like three days ago, I'm yelling at these two meth heads smoking meth in the Rapid Ride 24th and Bell Red bus stop, and there's a kid that's waiting outside the bus stop for these guys to stop smoking. And I tell the bus driver to call Metro Police. Now he doesn't let the guys on the bus because they're blowing meth smoke out of their lungs, but he drives off. But these guys are roaming around the community and nobody's dealing with it properly. And it's like, 
evident that you all are taking it easy, an easy route and just copycatting the liberal progressives of Seattle. And they are wrong in their policies. And they should be purged from their office. They have destroyed so much of that city. And you all, I hate to say it, you're slightly going and capitulating to the same policies and you're not getting it right when it comes to dealing with people who have a troubled situation at the Redmond uh, bus terminal. The cops are just driving them out. It's like, why don't you call somebody and have them find a better path? You know, instead, they're just going around looking for something vulnerable to steal from to keep themselves going. And it's still, it comes down to, like, proper policy. And hopefully you all finally realize that you've got to stop sympathizing with the drug pushers. Next, we have Scott Polson and David Carson. Scott Polson. Scott Polson. Nope. Mr. Carson. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Council. Uh, so I'm here to express my concerns about not necessarily the decision per se, but the process that was undertaken to get there. Um, I, I, I just find it amazing that that Kenmore took a year and a half to say no, and we didn't even take a week and a half to say yes. To me, understanding some of the bases for their concern about the, about the project, it's not to say that we would have the same concerns, but I do think it's unfair to have two new council members who didn't go through the process we did for the Overlake facility, uh, the health through housing facility, where we had serious concerns about that facility. It was our first facility of its type. Um, it was not one of our own making. And uh, frankly, I think we did a pretty good job in figuring out what worked for us, what worked for the city of Redmond. Uh, there were a lot of people who were concerned about the potential for crime, I, it, we don't know what that looks like yet because it hasn't opened, it's not functioning, but I think it would be much wiser for us to heed those concerns, understand that we don't have any data that tells us that this, that, that the uh, permanent supportive housing at the level that, at, at the, with the, the um, I call them, um, sorry, uh, with the, the 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 kind of the binders that we put on uh, the facility up in, in Overlake, that those will work. Uh, I think they will work, but I, I don't think having no barriers is is going to work. Um, I, I talked to a, a former Bellevue City Council member today, and they are having lots of problems with their facility in Bellevue. So I, I guess I would just say, I think that we deserve, we as citizenry deserve better in terms of the process. And I hope that someone will have the guts to, to vote for a motion to reconsider and go through a, a real process um, to engage the community about it and then make the decision. That's what we did with Overlake and I think that's what we deserve as a community. Thank you. Thank you. Next, um, we have three community members that are calling in this evening. And first, we'll start with Joe Kunzler. 
Hi. Hi, Mr. Kunzler. You have three minutes to address the council. Oh, thank you, Mayor Bernie. It's always a always appreciate you calling me. Uh, this is one heck of a good public comment system. Um, Joe Kunzler here. Um, I am grateful that Mr. Evram Alex Zimmerman, the instigator of this dreadful crisis, fled tonight. I am grateful that Zimmerman sits in the wake of housing activists and a simple reminder to sit down and obey the rules. What a small miracle in a community that could use one right now. And um, I know it's late, but I do want to remind you that uh, the council is working on public comment rules, and as you know, Mayor Bernie, those Sound Transit has those rules, and they work against Alex Zimmerman. He's been banned for six months for his not too saluting, so there's that. Um, and again, I don't want to be quick because it's late, but um, I do want to answer the record that I'm not gay, but I'm very upset at what I heard about that attack on that rainbow sidewalk. I appreciate Councilmember Forsyth running, trying to fix that. Um, uh, I'm not gay, but I know members of the LGBTQ community and my aviation community, and they just pretty deplorable that somebody feels threatened by a rainbow sidewalk. I don't. It's America. People have the right to express themselves as they will, as long as they don't really or threaten anybody else. And that's why we need public comment rules to make sure that that line isn't crossed. I'm going to invoke an informal mercy rule. As, um, because of the, the hour, and uh, just let my 1,400-word history on public comment matters stand, and hope the council reads it. Thanks for your public service, and thank you so much for working so hard to bravely stand up in the wake of insanity and stand up for humanity and stand up for housing. Thank you. God bless you, and keep being awesome. Next, we have Cliff, Cliff Coffin and then Kelly Much. Yeah, hello, am I on? Hello, uh, Mr. Cawthon, you have three minutes to address the council. Uh, thank you, Mayor Bernie, and good morning. Uh, sorry, good um, evening, uh, Madam Mayor and Council Members. My name is Cliff Cawthon. I'm the Advocacy and Policy Manager for Habitat for Humanity, Seattle King Kitas Counties. I would like to share our support of uh, Plymouth Permanent Support of Housing Project uh, here in Redmond. And in my letter to uh, Council last Tuesday that I resent this afternoon, I shared Habitat support for Plymouth, uh, Plymouth Housing and uh, this well, this project. Uh, while this doesn't directly benefit our organization, um, which we're permanently affordable um, housing, particularly a homeownership organization, we're in solidarity with uh, Plymouth Housing and um, other housing providers like it because if we want to successfully address the, this housing crisis, then we need projects across the entire housing continuum and projects like this uh, that make sure people can find their way inside. This project is going to create 100 units of supportive housing and I cannot begin to express how impactful this is to not just the city of Redmond but the region as a whole that faces a huge deficit of supply of affordable housing and this is going to help those who have been most impacted by this crisis and those who are 
really on the precipice of um, losing everything and spending another night outside, as well um, as providing services and opportunities to them. And Redmond is pivotal. Our region as a whole is growing, and particularly Redmond is growing with job uh, in terms of job growth and so many opportunities. In desegregating our communities by building more housing and more types of housing across um, our region means that more people can fully benefit from that growth, and as well as the good jobs generated, as well as transit, which, as someone mentioned tonight, that transit is a force multiplier when it comes to opportunity. It can create a path for people to one day not just be able to own their home, own homes and build generational wealth, but to be able to have a shot at fulfilling their dreams. Moreover, Plymouth has an extraordinary success rate for what they do in terms of keeping people housed, moving on them on towards the next uh, plot, our next uh, particular spot on the housing continuum. Now, nevertheless, I know that my words may not allay the concerns of everyone. There will always be fear-mongering, confusion, or even the conflation of the unhoused with drugs, crime, and the worst excesses of society, as we've heard uh, a couple of times tonight. But as in our experience as an affordable housing producer, it is our opinion that to address the ongoing housing crisis, as I mentioned before, that we need projects at every end of the housing continuum to address every area of need that exists and to tackle this holistically so we can have a robust system of support for people. Moreover, our home buyers and homeowners now, many of them have experienced homelessness Mr. at Mr. one Hoffman, time. Yes. Um, in conclusion, your time has up is up. So yes. Yeah, so thank you very much for your leadership on this. Have a good evening. Next, we have Kelly Much. Is this Kelly Much? Hello. Hello, is this Kelly Much? Thank you. Yes. This is uh, Mayor Bernie. You have Can you three, hear me? Yes, you have three minutes to address the council. Thank you. Please begin. Um, good evening. Thank you, Mayor Bernie and council members for giving me time to speak. My name is Kelly. Um, I'm a formerly homeless person and currently a volunteer at the Safe Lot that supported me for two and a half years. I grew up in Redmond in the 60s and 70s. I received a two-year technical degree from Lake Washington Technical College, and I lived a normal tax-paying life. I owned a home. I've never been bankrupt. I became unemployed in 2014 and found that my degree, my age, and a chronic disease made me essentially unemployable. I lived off of my retirement principal until 2019 when I ran out of money. I became homeless and lived in my car at a safe lot on the grounds of Lake Washington United Methodist Church in 2019. In 2021, I received a housing voucher from King County with the, and with the support from Lake Washington Safe Parking Program and the Sophia Way, thanks to Tia, I, I had a voucher. I then spent months along with a number of my friends from the safe parking program looking for a unit. One had to search daily and scramble to an available unit to see if you could get there first. It was a first come first serve gamble. In 2022, I found a unit in Bellevue 
and was the first to apply. There were many folks waiting in line behind me, and I, but I still felt very fortunate in getting a unit, despite the fact that the building is 46 years old, poorly maintained, and has cockroaches and rats. I strongly feel Eastside, including Redmond, can and should do better. I still have friends, many old, sick, some with families, still living in cars, looking for housing that's affordable and provides services. Plymouth will do that. Everybody needs a safe home and a place to anchor their lives and do more than just survive. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing that. And with that, items from the audience is now closed. Um, and we'll take a recess in a moment, but I just want to say thank you to our audience members. I really appreciate your patience and quietness. And we were able to get through that and hear everybody very clearly. So thank you all very much for that. And with that, we're going to take a five-minute recess. I'm going to ask everyone to do five minutes. Thank you.
Our next item of business is the consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Are there any items to be polled? Councilmember Fields. I'd like to poll item nine, the Cascade Water. Okay. Didn't we move something to be ahead of the consent agenda? After, After the consent agenda. Got it, thanks. Just trying to keep, keep up. Council, Council Vice President. Uh, I'd just like to pull item 12 just to make a quick comment. Um, you can comment without pulling it. Okay, I would love if, to comment then. Okay, why don't you go and comment on item 12? Um, sure. I'm very excited to support the apprenticeship uh, program that we are starting up in the city. I really applaud uh, the staff for getting this uh, moving. This was something that, since I heard about it first from Bellevue Councilmember Barksdale, was really interested in bringing it to Redmond. And I know the mayor and I have had a conversation or two about it um, over the last several years. So I'm really, really excited to get this implemented on city contracts and excited that we are now going to be helping create jobs and sustainable careers for folks. So excited to vote yes. Right, thank you. Uh, Councilmember Salahuddin. Just on that same, um, same point, uh, on record, I just want to echo everything that Councilmember Forsyth said because I am uh, very appreciative of us um, moving forward on this. Thank you. Council President. Since we're making a comment on this item, I, I will note that um, that uh, uh, last year we put this on the council priorities and it did take us a little bit of time, but we are making it happen. So just something to note really for council as we think about continuing on in, in our priority setting that you know we have put things on the list and then move forward with them collaboratively with staff to get these, these uh, important priorities done. And I'm excited to vote for it. For it. Thank you. And with that, um, we've pulled item number nine. Um, the rest of the consent, I need to read a bunch of resolutions into the record. Um, so I will do that now. On consent item eight, resolution number 1581, a resolution of the City Council of the City of Redmond, Washington, authorizing the duly appointed administering agency for a regional coalition for housing or ARCH to execute all documents necessary to enter into agreements for the funding of affordable housing projects as recommended by the ARCH Executive Board utilizing funds from the City's Housing Trust Fund. We pulled number nine. Number 10, ordinance number 3148, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending RMC chapters 1508, building code 1512, electrical code 1514, mechanical code 1516, plumbing code 1518, energy code, and adding 1526 wildline urban interface code to update the city's building and construction codes to reflect current state standards. Consent item 11 is approval of phase two amendments to the Redmond Zoning and Municipal Codes. Ordinance number 3149, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending Redmond Municipal Code Chapter 1304, sewage and drainage, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3150, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending Title V business licenses and regulations of the Redmond Municipal Code, and amending Title IX public peace, morals, and safety, and providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3151, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington amending section 704154 beekeeping of the Redmond Municipal Code providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3152, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code Section 2108340, home business to provide conformance with state legislative updates concerning family day 
care providers, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3153, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code Chapter 2106, Urban Recreation and Chapters 2124, fences as part of a periodic rewriting of development regulations, herein referred to as the Redmond Zoning Code, or RZC, rewrite Project Phase 2 to provide timely improvements and maintenance to the Redmond Zoning Code and to provide conformance with state legislative updates, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3154, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code as a periodic rewriting of development regulations herein referred to as the Redmond Zoning Code, RZC, rewrite projects phase two to provide timely improvements and maintenance to the Redmond Zoning Code and state legislative updates and to clarify ambulatory or outpatient services as an allowed use within the Northwest Design District, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3155, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code as a periodic rewriting of development regulations, herein referred to as the Redmond Zoning Code, or RZC, rewrite Project Phase 2 to provide timely improvements and maintenance to the Redmond Zoning Code, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3156, an ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code, Chapter 2176, review procedures, a part of a periodic rewriting of development regulations, herein referred to as a Redmond Zoning Code, or RZC, rewrite project phase two, to provide timely improvements, clarity, and maintenance to the Redmond Zoning Code, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. Ordinance number 3157, Ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code Section 2108-340, Home Business, to provide conformance with state legislative updates, replacing the term marijuana with the term cannabis, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. And Ordinance number 3158, an Ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, amending the Redmond Zoning Code Article 1, zone-based regulations as part of a periodic rewriting of development regulations herein referred to as the Redmond Zoning Code, RZC, rewrite Project Phase 2 to provide timely improvements and maintenance to the Redmond Zoning Code and to provide conformance with state legislative updates providing for severability and establishing an effective date. And consent item number 12, Ordinance number 3159, an Ordinance of the City of Redmond, Washington, adding a new chapter 1526 to the Redmond Municipal Code, establishing an apprenticeship requirements for city-funded public works contracts of a million dollars or more, providing for severability and establishing an effective date. And with that, this can be a voice vote because we're all here in person. All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. And ayes have it seven to zero. With that, we have item number nine that was pulled. Would someone like to move item number nine? So moved. There's second. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Um, item number nine was pulled. Mr. Fields, would you like to speak to the item? You're sorry, Councilman yes, Fields. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry too. Um, well, after you reading all those ordinances, I think we should take the rest of the year off. Obviously, we've done a lot of work. So. <laughs> Um, I pulled item uh, nine, uh, and when we first discussed this, I expressed my uh, thoughts that um, there's a lot of things to be done in the city of Redmond this year. Uh, a budget, uh, lessons learned on a overrun a senior center project, uh, obviously a lot of things that have just come up recently about Plymouth housing and uh, community outreach. And so I, I think that the mayor's uh, time is better spent on the challenges ahead. Uh, I was uh, 
reminded when the mayor spoke during the study session uh, that she was appointed as a council member and stayed on. And I think that uh, the two appointments uh, by their nature belong in council. So I'm going to vote no on this. I'm not going to take the time to do a motion at this point. Uh, if, if there were three other council members that um, agreed with me and this was voted down, then I would make a motion uh, that council leadership find two council members uh, to do Cascade. And while I'm at it, I want to thank both uh, Mayor Bernie and Councilmember Anderson for the, the great work they've done over the past six years however many years uh, on Cascade. Uh, I find it a really important part of what uh, our future needs to be secured. And as uh, Dr. Morton talked about tonight, we do have other water issues. And I, I would also think that the mayor needs to spend time on, uh, on our aquifer and the other things. So that's my take on it, and I'm voting no. Any other comments on this item? Seeing none, this is a roll call vote, starting with Council President Kritzer. Aye. No. Aye. 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 No. And that passes five to two. Thank you all very much. And I should read that into the record. Uh, resolution number 1582, resolution of the City Council of the City of Redmond, Washington, reappointing Mayor Angela Burney to, as the city's primary board member and Council Member Angie Nueva Camina as the city's alternative board member to Cascade Water Alliance. Thank you all very much. That was a lot of reading. And I have thoughts on how to change that in the future. So we not, I'm not going to make our clerk read them either. That's not my solution. Sorry, um, Next up, we have moved the new business item to after consent. Uh, new business item is AM number 24-026, approval of a budget increase for the Redmond Senior Community Center of $3,700,000 for a total project budget of $61,700. Is there a motion? Councilmember Stewart. I move to approve a $3.7 million budget increase for the Redmond Senior and Community Center for a total budget of $61,700,000 to be paid for with additional real estate excise tax. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded. Is there any discussion? Councilmember Stewart. Yeah, I would actually, um, it would be helpful if we could have uh, Director Cochran join us, if that's possible. Uh, we had a couple of um, pieces of new information that were shared um, in the packet per the request from our committee meeting last time, and I just wanted to follow up on a couple of questions about the real estate excise tax. Thank you. Director Cochran. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Cochran, for the additional materials in our packet this week. Uh, we saw this last um, in the 2PW committee meeting, but we didn't have the information on REIT, so that thank you for including that. Um, the materials show that the $19 million, an additional $19 million in real estate excise tax is already set aside for the Municipal Operations Center, the MOC, which is our next big project. So after we approve this $3.7 million tonight, the remaining balance in, in REIT that is unallocated will be around $5 million. And I, um, I just wanted to ask if you anticipate the need to borrow from these unallocated funds again before the end of the biennium. Is there anything else pending um, that you can think of? 
There is um, at this point nothing that I am aware of. Where we are right now in um, our process uh, for the development of the next CIP um, is where we now will allocate the funding that we have remaining and available to us and projected for the outer years. So my next step is to take what's remaining in that fund and apply it to um, the projects that are moving forward as part of that process. Great, thank you so much. My final comment on this um, would just be, you know, we the council had a discussion previously about um, um, about the, the state of this project and, and where we are on the capital and the communication that, that came to be. We had a more in-depth conversation about that at committee, so I will leave that be. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Are there any comments on this item? Council Member Fields? I'm going to be voting no on this, uh, primarily uh, based on the responses that we received recently. This uh, looks to me like scope changes uh, drove the increase and the over budget, and uh, council did not have the opportunity to weigh in on those scope changes over the, the months that led up to this um, request, and uh, just... I think that the city needs to look at how this process was done very closely, make sure it doesn't happen again, and I'm going to be voting no on this uh, budget increase. Council President. Well, I will be voting yes on this because I do think this project is, is very important and I know uh, my fellow council members ag agree with this even if they vote no. I think I actually agree with uh, my colleague here that I, I would have loved to have seen our council get more updates as we started to see the creeping costs rather than have this um, come to us at this point. Um, I will say that at this point, I do want to make sure we can finish this building as quick as possible, open it for our community at the date that we've set, um, and be able to provide for the vision that we've set. Um, understanding that there have been quite a few things that have happened in the time since we began this project, especially in the economy and in terms of the different costs. Um, but I, I, I would join... Uh, my colleague in, in asking that in the future we, one, learn the lessons from this project, which has had multiple increases in budget, um, to be able to um, get closer from the beginning. Um, and and when we do see those, those cost increases, that the council be informed along the way um, and, and be updated. Um, but I will be voting yes, and I look forward to cutting the ribbon on this project later this year with the rest of the council. Thank you. Councilmember Anderson. Thank you. Um, I will also be voting against this item uh, for the reason that I would expect to see an item like this in a reconciliation process for a traditional budgeting approach, and I have some of the similar concerns of my colleagues for making sure that that's out in the open. So thank you. Councilmember, Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. Um, I will be voting in favor of this because I too want to see the senior center, like we all do, uh, completed. Um, but I also share the concerns voiced tonight about council not being made aware of this earlier. Um, this feels like an ask for forgiveness kind of situation. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's my impression. And um, that's not something that sits well with me. So I would hope that in our future processes, we 
have an earlier dialogue when we when we have scope changes um, and that we've we've taken that and we've learned from this and hopefully we will not be building another senior center for at least I'm going to go with 75 years. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of lessons to have been learned throughout this entire process and we will grow and be better for it. But more information up front is definitely what I'm hearing from the council tonight and hope I hope that is taken seriously. Councilmember Nueva Camina. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I will be voting yes tonight and uh, again, echoing what my colleagues have shared about the concerns and um, how this has, has come to fruition. However, also understanding the costs of if we don't approve it and what it's going to cost monetarily and also the community. Um, and that to me is a, a, a much heavier weight. Councilmember Slahudin. Uh, thank you. I will also be voting yes. Uh, I think um, you know my fellow council members have um, pointed to the importance of this uh, project in our community. Uh, I do uh, really appreciate Councilmember Fields' um, points on making sure that you know we have a process set for the future where um, we're receiving as much information as possible as as quickly as possible. Uh, and I did want to you know particularly point to the project management accounting error. I do think that um, you know. The, the staff identified that and made sure that, you know, this won't happen again, but um, having contingencies to really ensure 100% that something like this doesn't happen again um, is really important to me. So thank you. Any other comments this evening? Seeing none, this is a roll call vote, starting with Council President Forst. Oh, well, I almost did it again. Chris or Habits? Aye. No. Aye. 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 No. And that passes five to two. Thank you very much. Um, we have funded our senior center. And look forward to seeing people out on May 3rd and 4th for the grand opening. Very exciting. Um, we rearranged the agenda, so I'm finding my place. Uh, next, we have no public hearings. We have no staff reports, but we do have ombuds report. We have um, any follow-up from January from Councilmember Fields and then Council Member Forsyth, Council Vice President Forsyth for February. Council Member Fields? No. Nothing, nothing to report. Uh, next, All Council right. Vice President. I will dive in. Um, busy month so far. Most of us know why. Um, so I will start with, I received a complaint about street racing around the Overlake area, 148th and 24th um, with a very specific time, which I passed along to our public safety team. Um, hoping that they received that. I've received some uh, communications about parking issues at Emerald Heights around the construction that is going on there and have uh, been in contact with that person back and forth. Uh, our first response was not up to snuff. So been connecting with the executive director at Emerald Heights to try to get that resolved as well. Lots of emails, both uh, for and against the permanent supportive housing project. I would direct folks to the city's website for factual information on that topic. Uh, received a contact about uh, finding information for who owns the park and ride near the transit center for use for city uh, events, not, not city sponsored events, but community sponsored events. I received some really interesting information around bike safety infrastructure and some videos that I think we may have all received. Uh, talked to small businesses around um, 
downtown park for parking situations in that area. And I know many of us have actually had those conversations. So that is still being worked on. Also had a community member reach out about parking for small businesses near Anderson Park and how there is no business parking for consumers and but only for the employees in, in that section. I connected with a community member around our crosswalk and the, near the downtown park for um, vandalism that occurred. And I just wanted to give a major thank you to our public works crew who was out there cleaning it up right away. They did a fantastic job. And I would just like to add that Redmond is not a city that um, will stand for that sort of hatred. And we support our LGBTQIA plus community members wholeheartedly and hope that you continue to feel safe and welcome in our city. Thank you. Are there any other ombuds items from the council? Councilmember Stewart. Thank you. Um, I also engaged in several conversations regarding the land transfer last week and engaged in several conversations around council's prior work to fully realize a permanent supportive housing portfolio here in the city of Redmond, um, as well as some feedback regarding city communications. I previously attended the Bellwether Housing Open House uh, for the project that is the housing that is going to come online at the Overlake Village um, Transit Center. And while I previously shared that with my colleagues, I bring it up today uh, for the listening public who may be um, newly interested in housing in, the, in our city. Um, you can go to Bellwether's website to sign up for updates and future events and open houses and the like that are coming in the future about um, that project that will bring hundreds of new homes to the Overlake TOD, transit-oriented development. Um, I had six visitors to my office hours last week. It was a busy couple of hours. Uh, we discussed public safety, hate crime reporting in King County, how council and the city can develop a culture of belonging. Um, and I also met with Mr. Quinn from Sammamish, who's been coming to chat with council about waste reduction. And we discussed how feedback loops for residents might help uh, drive changes in behaviors. We also discussed some possibilities that I need to follow up with uh, public work staff about regarding possible ideas for uh, future solid waste contracts. Thanks. Thanks, Council President. On, on the last ombuds, I will note that um, the public works staff has recently uh, created a uh, an answer that I will be sending out shortly to uh, Mr. Quinn, um, just addressing some of the different issues that, that he has brought up. Um, so just wanted to, to note that for everyone. Um, I, I also received some comments about public comment rules, and um, I, I let that that uh, person know that we are working on that item and, and the council will be considering um, some more issues, uh, some more possibilities around that. Um, I uh, received some information from a resident with more information around waste prevention, food waste prevention. Um, I received a question around um, tenant protections and where that will go uh, in committee um, and my response was that likely it will be in planning and public works and I'll double check on that but um, there was some there's some interest from 
folks in the public to know when and where we might discuss that. Um, also received a request from the Redmond Toddler Group to, to talk with them about issues around um, childcare and space, and I'll, I'll be meeting with them. I'll report back at the next ombuds about what I learned on that. Um, and then I also received uh, some concerns around issues with some of our, our new parking policies and parking downtown, um, some uh, similar questions from what we heard in public comment uh, several weeks ago, um, and I'll be joining uh, with Serafie Allen to do a meeting with some of the business owners in downtown that have some questions around parking enforcement in downtown and how that might be affecting both people working at those businesses and um, residents. So um, I think that's all. Thanks. Great, thanks. Council Member Slahuddin. Uh, I received uh, an email um, from a gentleman who spoke about his car being broken into and then filing an online complaint without getting any response back. So my follow-up will be reaching out to um, Chief Lowe and uh, seeing what we, um, you know, if there's any gaps in that. But uh, just wanted to make sure that, you know, we're addressing any concerns that our residents have with regards to public safety. Thank you. Councilmember Fields. Thank you, Mayor. So I spent um, quite a bit of time today and coffee uh, discussing uh, the recent Plymouth housing action by uh, the city with uh, a community member who's um, been very vocal about the process and uh, has written to the council a number of times. Uh, it was, uh, the, the conversation was primarily about um, the lack of um, the correct information and the responsibility that the, that the city council in particular had uh, before you make a vote like this, that you actually reach out to the public, trust that the public will listen to you and listen to them. Um, there was a lot of back and forth discussion, but we finally got to the heart of it, which is, you know, this is a problem and there are people who can't afford to live and there are people who are not housed and what do we do? Um, and how do we, how do we approach, uh, I, I, I'm going to back up just for a second. I, I heard a lot of positive things tonight during public testimony. We talked about this during uh, this meeting earlier today. And um, the one thing that I don't like to hear, and I've expressed this off and on for the past six years, is when the community starts dividing and calling each other names. So to say that they're hateful, or to say that they're misinformed, or to say that they're, um, what did we hear? Liberals who deal with the devil or something. Um, we have a responsibility on council to mitigate those kinds of divisions. And when we have such an important issue, we should take it serious. We should take people at their word. If they're afraid, if they're, uh, maybe they're not being hateful, maybe they're just afraid. So uh, at the end of this conversation, and I mentioned this earlier in the meeting, and council leadership has uh, told me of their intent that we will discuss during our retreat um, the idea of more in-depth uh, community hearing sessions where we actually uh, speak with the people who attend those sessions uh, in, a, in, a, in a way, maybe in tabletop discussions or something. But as we move forward as a city, and we're going to continue to change, I think we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our community, to have them be heard and have them understand why 
the decisions we make will benefit them, the future, and the, the common good. So that's my ombuds report. Are there any other ombuds reports this evening? I don't see any, but I did want to share um, with all of you um, because we had all the discussion this night, uh, this evening about Plymouth, and we've been getting emails and other conversations about this. Um, I want to thank all of you for your quick action. Um, the Plymouth project, as you know, had some funding challenges once Kenmore rejected it, and um, the, both the Senate and the House fully funded the project of the money that we thought was going to be lost because um, we were losing the federal dollars, and that was part of the importance of. Um, making uh, moving on the property like thank you you all did um, in order to put confidence in our state that this project could continue to move forward in a timely fashion considering that um, last week was near the end of the week was when those budgets dropped um, and there was very little time in order to get this project funded through that method um, had we not moved that quickly this project would have been lost because there would have been no way to make up for that um, the seven point some million dollars um, that were on the line. So thank you all very much um, for following our housing action plan, for following our values as uh, Nueva uh, Councilmember Nueva Camina said so eloquently earlier um, this uh, in the last few weeks, um, and ensuring that um, we can be a provider um, or allow people to provide housing in our community um, for anyone that wants to live here. So thank you all for that. The timeliness was extremely important in this situation. So just want to share that with all of you. Thank you. Uh, the next item of business is committee reports. Councilmember Stewart. Thank you. I um, attended the first meeting of the year for the Public Issues Committee of the Sound Cities Association. Councilmember Salahuddin is our alternate this year, and he was also on the line. Um, a couple of things to report back. The ED of uh, the SCA reported that the board had a retreat last month. These are the board of SCA's top goals for the year. Number one, develop successful narrative around local control. Number two, focus on big picture policy solutions as a group, especially around the Growth Management Act. Number three, make our region more attractive to police recruits. So this is the agenda of the board of the SCA, and I wanted to just report that back to you. Also from the executive director, um, he shared that there is going to be a lunch and learn on an issue that came up uh, recently at our council. So on February 29th from 11.30 to 12.30, uh, council members are invited to uh, be with King County staff online to discuss care and closure um, regarding the juvenile uh, justice system here in King County. Um, we had a legislative update. I won't bore you with that because things have changed so much since then. Um, we had Candace Bach from AWC with us, and of course there was quite a bit of discussion around um, one of not only our priorities, but SCA's priorities and AWC to um, to adjust the 1% property tax cap that of course was not alive at that time and as far as I know is not alive again. Okay, getting some nods on that um, as we wind down the session. We did discuss a fair bit um, the behavioral health legislation that may be coming down the line um, and given what is still alive and where the budgets are, AWC, um, 
the way they characterized this uh, was that of all the tools available to support behavioral health in our state, cities are probably going to see the resources. Um, all, of, all of the dials are going to turn forward just a little bit. So whether it's with Medicaid reimbursement rates for providers in our community or, or any number of tools, um, it was characterized as we expect a lot of the dials to turn just a little bit. Um, we also had an onboarding for new PIC committee members uh, that both Council Member Salahuddin and I were able to participate in. And there was a healthy discussion with an update regarding the King County Regional Homelessness Authority, which um, Mayor Bernie sits on that board. Um, there was a, a great discussion on the point in time count. And I was reminded that the city of Redmond's um, prior councils before the pandemic actually used to volunteer and participate in that count. So I'm looking forward to um, putting that in my calendar next year and hopefully serving um, with my colleagues. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, though, um, for many years, almost all the council members participated in that years, many years ago. But it was a very good experience to help out with that. Council Member Slahuddin. Thank you. Uh, I had the opportunity to participate in the Eastside Transportation Partnership meeting uh, alongside Council President Kritzer and Council Vice President Forsyth. Uh, exciting news. Um, Council President Kritzer is, was named the vice chair or I don't know if it's vice chair or vice president, vice chair of the committee, um, which uh, was really exciting to hear. Um, we also spoke about the formerly East Rail activation, now the two line, um, and Sound Transit, Ariel Taylor, uh, and Ron Lewis from Sound Transit um, came and spoke about the updates, and we're really excited about um, celebrating the opening on April 27th. Uh, there was also a discussion on legislative session, um, like Councilmember Stewart mentioned. It's been a lot of things up in the air. Uh, I know one focus of, um, of the committee, uh, specifically with transit-oriented housing development and, and that aspect of transit, uh, is no longer under consideration. Um, other updates on uh, other legislative issues um, can be found online. Uh, and then uh, we talked about an in-person option for our meeting um, coming up in the future so that we can convene uh, and, and get to actually be in the same room with one, with one another. Right, thank you. Other committee reports? Council President. I attended the King Conservation District Advisory Committee meeting um, and uh, we covered a couple different items. One is that we uh, elected a new chair and I actually got elected as the chair. Um, so that's going to be an exciting uh, exciting role to be able to serve in. Um, big shoes to fill. Ken Councilmember Brenda Fincher um, was stepping out of that role after serving for many years and has been a really great leader. Um, we also elected a new um, SCA caucus chair. Uh, Victoria Schroff from Maple Valley is now the, the SEA caucus chair, um, and I think we'll bring some really great perspective there. Um, we also uh, discussed um, a couple different updates. One of the key updates uh, you may have seen, we just had the KCD's um, election for the Board of Supervisors. Um, there's an ongoing discussion around uh, being able to get those elections onto the regular ballot, um, since still less than 1% of King County votes in that election, despite being eligible, um, partially because of the way that it's done. Um, uh, although they have tried to improve it in recent years by making it possible for people to vote online, um, but that's, that's something that they're still looking at. One thing that they are able to do in their capacity um, is to move to a districted system for the elected positions on that Board of Supervisors. And currently, um, they're uh, putting together a um, 
a kind of redistricting uh, commission type of group. Uh, I forget what the actual phrase that, that they call it. It's not exactly a redistricting commission, but essentially um, a committee that is going to uh, do a process over the next several months to be able to look at where you might draw the lines um, to turn those seats from at-large to districted, um, uh, especially, and this, this hopefully will help a little bit with some geographical balance since it covers most of King County, but a majority of the um, supervisors live in the same place. Um, so I think that'll be a really interesting change and um, uh, and we'll be following that and they'll be coming back to the advisory committee to give us updates as they work on that districted um, process um, and be going out to the public to get some public input. Um, the other thing that they're going to be working on this year that, that we talked about was that uh, the renewal of the ILA, the interlocal agreement um, with King County um, and then all the cities that are within it um, will be coming up um, uh, next year, or at the end of this year, uh, it terminates. And so um, they'll be wanting to renew that. Um, one of the things that KCD is going to try to do is come around and connect with cities since it's really our residents that pay into it um, and just making sure that people understand what, what it goes into. Um, they have just done a major strategic plan update, um, including uh, really infusing a focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice into everything that they have within their strategic plan and have a really robust work plan of just thinking about working on how they can connect and address issues, especially around um, climate resiliency um, and preparedness in our communities um, and uh, also sustainability, food access, a variety variety of different issues. So um, they made the offer to come and talk to some cities. And if, if our council's interested, I'd be happy to have them come and do a little presentation for us at, at a future meeting. Um, but they'll also be coming to groups like PIC uh, for my colleagues to look out to, um, to be able to talk with cities um, across the Sound Cities region about some of the proposed rates, because there will be a proposed increase to those rates um, to be able to cover all of the really cool things that, that KCD does um, for our community. Um, and then I'd say last thing, given all those things, I think they do a lot of programming. Um, and I think one piece of feedback that SCA we've been giving for a while and that I think we're going to focus on in the time ahead is being able to make sure that we can connect the great programming that's going on there with our cities and our residents. Um, so they have a lot of classes for homeowners, things that can empower people in their own backyards to be able to do more sustainable practices. Um, and it's something that I think we could really take advantage of um, in our city. So that was kind of a long update, but it was an exciting meeting. Thanks. Well, and um, it, it would be great to have them present to us. They could either do like what Move Redmond did at the beginning if they had a short 10-minute thing, or we could find time for them in a study session sometime this year. So, um, think, or a staff report. So kind of think about that. We can talk later. Thank you. Council Vice President. I uh, just wanted to quickly report that Councilmember Nueva Camina and I attended the Disability Board uh, meeting and I think I'm really going to like that one. It's really exciting to uh, be able to approve medical expenses for our past public uh, public safety crew, and uh, it's a great group of people. It is. I, I'm glad you're going to enjoy it. That's great. Um, any other committee meetings to report on this evening? Great. Thank you all very much. Um, we already did. We have no unfinished business. We already did our new business. There is no executive session. That concludes our business items for this meeting. If there is no objection, we are adjourned. Thank you all very much. Thank you.